This is 16 to 1, a podcast about education, teaching, and learning. Took a big sip of that wine. What are we drinking? I thought I had more time. Okay. I think it's still Gewürztraminer. It's Gewürztraminer. The only thing we can agree on. It's this really weird white German wine. It's not weird. It's well, weird because you think you're bougie and you didn't know about no, it. No, it's weird because <laughs> Germany is not known for its wine. That's okay. a very, very well, German let the word. the Germans have their things. Can I keep drinking or should I stop? Oh, please keep Away drinking. Away from the mic or and into the why mic? We are, why are we drinking tonight? Because Chelsea wants to talk about No Child Left Behind. No, I want to talk about Common Core. I know, but we have to talk about No Child Left Behind to get there. Yeah, you're right. And that's why it's I'm actually the drinking. through which we have to jump. The Common Core doesn't, common like, core. inherently make me... I mean, it does, but not because of itself, I suppose. No Child Left Behind makes me drink. Okay, talk, talk to me about No Child... So, so really, our topic tonight is... That, yeah, we're all tired. <laughs> we're all tired, I don't honestly. want to. We don't want to talk about you this, chose talking this. about this. Uh, we, I we, did the Googling. No, we, we preordained this <laughs> subject for this episode. Uh, I think that's why ago. we put it off for yeah, so long. We've been waiting for a while to record this one. <laughs> so when we release these, they're not going to be in exactly recorded order because we're trying to, you know, get ahead of the curve. And uh, We don't want to do this, but I think we have we, to. We've been trying to put off this Common Core thing. So we're talking about, technically we're talking about Common Core, but in order to get there, yes. we have to go through... No child left behind. So I'm gonna take my glass and I'm gonna let you do this part. Talk about no child left behind. <laughs> yes, this is all you. Oh, okay. You well, felt like this was your part, and I support you always. Yeah, the sort of the sort of emergence of Common Core through NCLB. So NCLB was this. Uh, this is this is George W. Right? Who oh had, yeah. Who had this brilliant w. idea. No child left behind. This is actually kind of surprising to me. Well, okay. Our very own, we, we are natives of Ohio. NCLB was co-authored by representatives John Boehner, Republican from Ew. Ohio, George Miller, Democrat from California, and Senators Ted Kennedy and Judd Gregg. Like actual Ted? Yeah, like Democrat Ted. of Massachusetts. Real, That's like real actual Ted. Ted Kennedy and Judd Gregg, Republican of New Hampshire. So, NCLB... It's this thing that happens. Si- President Bush, George W., signs it into law January 8th, 2002. So this is quite a while ago for us. We were in, what, middle school? We were I was 12. We were, <laughs> we were 12. That's right, 2002. So NCLB, what it does is requires all public schools receiving federal funding to administer a statewide standardized test annually to all students. So this is the thing that kind of kicks off the whole obsession with standardized tests. And it's all tied to money. We were already being tested before. We we were being tested. Because we had like the fourth grade proficiency in Ohio. But this sort of like modern. Well, this is like what kickstarted like OGT, which is a high graduation Mm -hmm. test, which Mm -hmm. just got replaced Mm -hmm. recently. So so things like the ACT and SAT existed before this, obviously. And AP tests existed before Mm -hmm. this. But um, this was the kind of... I think this is when they realized that testing made money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This kicked off the fever pitch of making money through standardized tests. So thank you, George W., for setting us down this dark and twisted path. Um, So we start with NCLB. It's really the thing that sets us on the way to Common Core. So can we just move on past it though, because I really, I mean, no child left behind will probably be a separate episode. We could do an entire episode because I think every essay I wrote in college was about how horrible it was. Yeah, it's it's a thing unto itself. But something that emerged, uh, kind of like a presidential generation later from NCLB was (laughs) was Common Core. Common Core comes along, led by Barack Obama and Arne Duncan, his Secretary of Education. They are banded standards that have to do with fulfilling some of the aspirations of NCLB and they are designed it's all about proficiency yeah common core standards are designed to try to get every student who goes through a public school 
in the United States on the same kind of and level a similar experience. of proficiency. Yes. Mm-hmm. Similar, similar proficiency levels by the time they graduate, similar experiences. Um, I think it was probably based on accountability, which was a nice thought. Sure. My, I, it, this is a very complicated subject for me. The, the ideal, I think, might be noble. The implementation is really horrible. I don't disagree with that, but I think in thought and in, in hope it was, a, you know, a, to even the playing field, so to speak. Yeah, that that's the attempt. Which I can I, respect. And I think even there are definitely <laughs> worse things happening in education. Oh, for sure. <laughs> so I guess where we come into play, or I come into play in my educational experience, as far as this being year seven in the classroom, but year eight, I guess, in actual. I don't want to say practice because I was like student teaching and whatever, but when I was student teaching in 2000 and fall of 2012, the district that I was at was heavily involved with race to the top. Race to the top was essentially a bribe to get states to adopt the common it core was. standards. And there's a lot of money involved. And tons so my student teaching school brought in tons of money and used tons of money right. with race to the top uh, as far as teacher incentives went. And and close to the same time, slightly before you were student teaching, but close to the same time, I interned, I was in college at the time, but I interned at a nonprofit that was essentially advising schools as to how to do their race to the top mm-hmm. stuff, so how to sure. adopt common yeah. core standards. Yeah. So the Obama era White House was like, hey, we have these standards. We think it's a good idea for every student to be proficient at a certain level by the time they graduate high school. And to that end, we're going to offer you money if you adopt them. And money talks. Money talks a lot. Money, if you adopt them by a certain deadline and will make you eligible to like to participate in Race to the Top. Mm -hmm. And then that Mm -hmm. was a big way for not only. Well, I think that was how so many states probably got into it originally, mm-hmm. was that these public schools were like, you know what we need? More money. Something like, something like 42 states or something. Since 41, um, yeah, since 2010, 41 of the 50 U.S. states and the District of Columbia have been members of the Common Core Standards Initiative. Um, this says that Alabama, Oklahoma, Texas, Virginia, Alaska, Nebraska... Indiana and South Carolina did not adopt the initiative at a state yeah. level. So there are a few who did not adopt at all. There are a few who adopted and then were like, whoa, wait a minute. Just well, and Minnesota just took English and not math, which I like. That's very interesting. Go Minnesota. Whatever you're doing out there is probably working. So kind of in the, in the public consciousness, Common Core is this weird goofy way of doing math i would i would boil it down to that <laughs> come on the, now no no the, the public they think that's of what they've core, seen what they yeah. think of is the the louis ck meme where he's making fun of common core math and he's like you mm-hmm. add the exponent of the map of mars to the substratum of the geometric yeah. Anyway, that it's a, it's a, he's trying to make fun of the common core by making it absolutely ridiculous. But I have seen common core math aligned curricula that are absolutely baffling. So he might not be too far off, but let's not. We're not, we're not at this point. Well, and when in I guess I talk about my we're not paying attention to Louis, Louis C.K. No, we're, we're not. We're not, but we're not listening to him anymore. As a tenth grade teacher, I don't yeah. hate them. Sure, sure. But I don't know what it's like for the people not in. My you setting. mean you do not hate the Common Core standards? I don't. Sure, sure. Personally, so it gives me a lot you, of room. Right, right. Can you just talk a little bit about what Common Core standards look like to you in your classroom? What I because hmm, you question. have other experience on like sort of state boards and things yeah. like that. But but talk about your classroom experience. My classroom experience is that Common I board. have a lot of freedom in choosing the literature that I teach, which is my favorite part. Mm-hmm. The only thing that is actually listed literature-wise, is that Shakespeare is expected to be taught. Which, very well. He at 9 be. through 12. Of course. He should, but he's hard, man. He's very difficult. We just survived Caesar, my kids and I, yeah. and we are tired. Yeah. And it's hard. I've thought about this a lot since since graduating high school and college. I, I, I really, I feel like I finally understood Shakespeare in college, but I was required to read Shakespeare in high school, and while I gave it, my all at the time <laughs> and pretended to understand I'm trying really hard yeah I, I really if I'm being completely honest with myself even though I was a you know a pretty good student in terms of how those things are measured in high school I, I 
I'm really not sure that the measure of how I performed accurately reflected my comprehension of Shakespeare. I don't think that's always the goal of Shakespeare, though. It's an experience. No, it absolutely is. It's an appreciation. And I still enjoyed it, but this is a good kind of, I don't know, this is a good kind of interesting point that's either a bonus or a drawback of the common core that it requires. Well, okay, so I teach college prep Mm -hmm. students, so I have like... as far as our tracking goes, they're like the middle. So we have honors, general CP. So I have the middle students. They're anticipating a two-year, four-year program, some sort of bachelor's, ultimately, probably most of them. I don't think it's horrible for them to have this experience. I don't believe that maybe the students on the general track or who are going through like a joint vocational school or some other alternative programs, maybe are best suited for Shakespeare. Yeah. But I think that my kids and my college prep students, we can do it. They're not excited, let me be clear, but we can do it. It's very hard to be excited about Shakespeare in high school, but I want to push back on that just ever so slightly, and that's because I think that even if certain students, no matter their ability level, for whatever reason, if a student doesn't understand all of the Shakespeare play that you're reading... To me, it still seems valuable for them to read it, I don't to try to understand it. It if tries you're to get like through Lexile them. and things like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. many of these kids are not at a level where they could understand it if they did read it. No, absolutely, it's a real challenge. But and I, I still in think Ohio, that, a lot yeah. of our and this is from the committee that I was just serving on. The testing is the testing doesn't always put a focus on that sort of literature. It really likes informational texts. Which are kind of gross in my mind. That's fine. But yeah. I'm just saying, on um, if we're teaching for a test, which we never are, of course, but oh, some of us are, are considering it because we really need but our data so I can keep my job and we, I have we, to feed my dog. The collective, we are always teaching to the test if we're being but, absolutely honest. You know, I, I try to work in more of these informational sort of things now because I know that's what they're more likely to see on the test at the mm-hmm. end of the course exam. That's going to decide my data, my job, my money, and their high school diploma. Which is depressing on both counts. It is. Because to no me, one's having fun. <laughs> no, absolutely. No one's having fun. What, what should be happening is that kids are reading the texts that are going to most positively impact their lives in the long run. Whether or not they read a text and understand it fully or test well on the text or any, or even under, you know, it's just. You get a text and the experience of talking about that text and having a teacher mm-hmm. interact with you mm-hmm. in the classroom setting about it is important. If that positively impacts your education, that to me is what should be right most important in the the right. calculus of deciding whether or not that text I don't, should be read. I love Caesar and I and I do my best to make him really relatable. Like I really hit hard, like, hi, your best friend stabbed you in the back. Like you all know what this is like. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't want to boil it down to something so simple, but if we can put it into terms where they can at least be like, ugh, I know what that feels like on some like human level, then he's more relatable in some ways, as much as like ancient Rome is relatable to a 15 year old currently. But my kids are always so much more excited. Like when I talk to former students and even the students in my current classes, they love Of Mice and Men. They love The Crucible. They don't come back and they're like, you know what I really loved? Caesar. Well, I I think that to me, again, (laughs) I I didn't really understand or appreciate Shakespearean texts until I was, until I had more exposure to complicated flower language later on in like my college and and post-college career. I didn't really have the tools to, it's very difficult to try to relate to a text that you have so much trouble understanding just Mm -hmm. on a basic kind of vocabulary Mm -hmm. level so i so i totally get that but at the same time i still think that and this depends a great deal on the teacher but if a teacher can make a text accessible i agree to a student regardless of the student's level of understanding Mm -hmm. of on a lexile kind of spectrum um I, I think that's a valuable thing. So I, I get why Shakespeare is the only text that made it into the ELA standards, the English language arts standards. Oh, I'm fine with it. Common core in terms of content. So anyway. I just don't think that I can sit here and say that 
all my coworkers feel the same that I do because oh, we teach sure. a very different sort sure. of student. And mm-hmm. I respect that. Mm-hmm. And I trust their knowledge of their kid. And I trust my knowledge of my kid. And right. I say my kid is in the kids that are like enrolled in my class. Well, but Right. But okay. But here's the thing. I about, know our types. No, no, no. You know? I know. But here's the thing about Common Core. Common Core is kind of trying to subvert the idea of types, mm-hmm. which is a thing that I appreciate about Common Core. I feel very, I feel very conflicted about the Common Core because okay. I... I think I'm changing my mind as we talk. Yeah, it's really difficult for I me. think I just got angry. I, co- Common Core... <laughs> I came in pretty like... Oh, Common okay. Core... No, I'm mad. Common Core aspires to get everyone to at least a certain level of something. That's what it tries to do. Now, my criticism... I read a quote about this. Hold on. Oh, please. I know I actually found something. It is... How did... Oh, the standard set a floor, not a ceiling. Uh-huh. That's a direct quote. Right. From, yes. I think, NPR. Absolutely. Which, which to me, is a double-edged sword. Because I like the idea... I, I'm a very pro, kind of liberal arts approach you, to education person. That's yeah. the understatement I believe of my everyone life. should have a holistic education and i think that english teachers should learn chemistry and i think that chemistry people should learn about you know early medieval polyphony i I think that everybody this this is very reflective of my undergraduate education too which was very much a liberal arts approach in that kind of traditional sense but i think that everyone should have at least some basic exposure to pretty much every field of knowledge um but that is they that can. a public high school's job? Yes. Or is that also contingent on their four-year degree? No, I, I think that what is happening is that <laughs> people have to make up for deficiencies in kind of these common knowledge areas that I'm talking about in terms of liberal arts. They, they have to make up for them when they get to college because students are not being exposed to them at the level that they should be in high school. And so colleges are trying to make up for that. But, But at the same time... It's it's really difficult for me because I think something like Common Core establishes a baseline and in so doing encourages and sometimes monetarily rewards a student or sorry teachers and administrators and districts for achieving the kind of bare minimum of what is acceptable in terms well, of Well, I mean, let me just be core. clear though. Like the Ohio State report cards for public schools just got released and it's like never good for anyone so as much as we want to be like oh we're (laughs) we're not like the state report cards for public schools are so hard to score well on and it's like so exciting to get a c yeah and i would consider my employer to be a pretty high achieving school district as far as offerings and things like that opportunities that type of thing Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's a whole nother double-edged sword if you want to yeah. go over there, too. I think the problem is with the implementation of Common Core. I don't disagree. The implementation, it's, uh, it aspires to level a playing field and in so doing brings the whole playing field down a couple of notches from what it really could be if there were no attempt to level a playing field, if that makes sense. I mean, I'm here for it. And, and and again, I don't blame, I especially do not blame teachers for well, this. No, this no, is no. never but the think, fault of teachers. I think that it was pretty young when it got, when it got moved around as quickly as it did. I mean, we're talking like, they were released in 2010, but they had already announced the grants the year before, so they were expecting it. Uh, like, they got moved pretty quickly as far as yeah rollout mm-hmm. in terms of a really and I blame huge nation gates yeah. uh, and big, pearson let's talk about let's talk about the role of the gates foundation in common core because this is kind of a lesser known aspect of this i think for most people maybe the Naf- national governors association kind of spearheaded the initial development of the common mm-hmm. core standards and they're the ones who actually own the copyrights of it which I guess is like a teacher who makes zero dollars, roughly, like take home. They probably saw Race to the Top and the rollout of the Common Core as a way to help boost teacher incomes, at least in some small, slight way. Sure. And so, I mean, that's something that everyone wants to vote for no, that I'm helps sure that politicians get reelected. So I think if that's what they were going for, then, I mean, 
maybe they wanted to help teachers. But no. it just seemed really rushed. I don't think anyone had any ill will toward teachers in the rollout of these things. And, I mean... <laughs> Except Gates, for the math teacher. Well, yeah. <laughs> the, Gates, the Gates Foundation is a... The Gates Foundation is an interesting kind of study in the complicated nature of education policy. Because so, so Bill Gates is very interested in education, but has absolutely no experience talking to normal human beings, especially not teachers in public uh-huh. schools in the United States. He thinks he knows because he listens to these like audiobook lectures about education. He, he's very so that's interested. that's not how you know? No. He's very interested in education, but he... So he means well, but he implements things in a way that is very foreign to the average public school teacher huh. in the United States. So I, I sympathize with Bill Gates' interest in education, absolutely. And he's very complicated in my mind because he's a gajillionaire, but he's also a big-time philanthropist. Mm-hmm. But he sometimes, I, I would just love to sit down with him and be like, hey, listen, that's not really, that's not really the way that this happens in the mm-hmm. real world. So, you know, this this guy who doesn't know the price of groceries is trying to dictate. He but doesn't, is he doesn't the know. best secret Santa no, on Reddit. Yeah, he's a great Reddit secret Santa, but he does not know the price of a bunch of bananas from the grocery store, a gallon of milk. He, he's That's so, a great video, though. He tried. He's so disconnected from the real world that he does not know the price of common grocery items, but yet he's trying to dictate, in a way, through funding, what every student public school student in America knows by the time they graduate high school. It's just this very troubling initiative funded by him and the governor, governors, National Governors Association and some big time philanthropists who are also gajillionaires like he is. Again, a very, a very fraught initiative from the get go in terms of following the money. Mm-hmm. I think that again, I do think they're actually trying to do good. But I think that, I mean, we can we can talk about the kind of aftermath. Well, it doing poorly is not helping anyone. Yeah, right. And, and we kind of know, now we're starting to know, there haven't been very many studies on the actual yeah, effectiveness. There's a lot of questions of if, if it's actually succeeding. I mm-hmm. think in 10 years, I mean, we're what? We're pushing 10 years, yeah. Uh, we should have an idea. But we Ohio are just switched their standardized tests. Recently, uh-huh. so that's a new rollout-ish, relatively new. That doesn't help us to better understand. I don't believe, right? Because now we have a new test to teach too. There's, to understand, it's been it's been very difficult to measure the effectiveness of Common Core, which you would think would be one of the things that was built into the legislation. Let's let's see how this actually does. No, they didn't build that into the legislation. So it's kind of willy nilly trying to evaluate the effectiveness of Common Core in states that adopted it or didn't adopt it or adopted it and rescinded. And there are just too many moving parts. Like, these new textbooks are called Common Core Aligned. Mm-hmm. Because the Common Core doesn't put out anything of its own, textbook-wise. Right. right. So now Pearson, whoever else, who does publishing, is doing their best to interpret these standards. Right. I think we're going to have a position whole, the outside. I think we're going to have a whole episode on Pearson at some point. I would oh, like to at least. That can be just you. Pearson is a big, bad, so, scary name in education, but, but yes. <laughs> there are worse, trust me. Um, yeah. So, but the question of, like, is it failing? It's hard because there are new teacher evaluation systems. There are new testing systems. There's very little training on these standards. And so teachers are just kind of in this place of, um, well, I need a job. And I need my kids to do well. And I want them to do well. But those are not always the same thing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's troubling that the Common Core standards were not developed with an accountability mechanism built in. For themselves. Right. So there are people trying to do studies on the effectiveness of Common Core right now. And they're kind of having mixed results. But most of them are saying either everyone stayed the same or got maybe a little bit worse. Right now. That's the consensus. We're waiting for some more studies to attempt to define yeah. the, the effectiveness of Common Core. I don't think 10 years is yeah. enough. I mean, it well, doesn't feel like enough, not with changing graduation systems, 
Not with new teacher eval well, systems. Again, not with no. That's but that's and like the race common, to the top is already gone. Com- but Common Core should. <laughs> that money's already gone. But Common Core should persist outside of all of those. Factors. I don't disagree, but I'm saying any and there's no sort of actual consistency in education. And so, like, my dad retired after 30 years of teaching, and he was a reading teacher, and he was a special ed teacher, and he ended his career as an uh, eighth grade history teacher, social studies teacher. And he would always joke about his professional development to be like, it is the exact same thing, just with a new name. And so that's all that keeps happening. So the only sort of, I mean, I think if we could have some consistency along the way, as far as testing for students, as far as evaluations for teachers, Common Core might be able to prove itself as a little bit more realistic. Mm-hmm. But as long as there's so much money in testing and things like that, I don't think there's going to be a fair evaluation of the standards themselves. Yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult to get an idea of the effectiveness of any national policy in public education as long as there is Education lobby money. Yeah, but I don't think I would say the old standards were. I mean, the OGT was so heavily criticized. That was our Ohio graduation test before. And it was always like, okay, you could earn half points on things that didn't really make sense. They'd have you draw things to earn points. And for some of the tests, like a 60% was passing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't seem. (laughs) I mean, what standard is that? Yeah, the problem is it's it's the attempt to establish a baseline minimum for high school proficiency. And this is what I was talking about before, mm-hmm. where I'm like... So if we're considering that the same as what the core, Common Core is attempting to do... Yeah, everything is attempting, everything's attempting to do this. Uh, we won't even talk about being college and career ready yet. Well, being college and career ready <laughs> was the object, objective of the Common Core. Yes. The Common Core is to try to make... Well, it really came out of this report and i think 2008 or something like that that put us not as high as we wanted to be maybe uh in relation to other countries in terms of educational achievement our students were not doing as well Mm-mm. on the kind of world scape as we thought we would just such a bummer and and again we uh, there's a lot of really complicated and I think damaging rhetoric about the United States being the best in terms of this, this, and this. Um, but at least in terms of our public education, we are falling behind uh, other developed oh, nations. It's, you can't argue it. No. We, we can argue about a lot of things. Well, the U.S. The might be the best at, but there's the, no way the we only can way you contend could, with. The only way you could argue it is if you don't agree that we're... The, the evaluation, the standards of evaluation, if you think they're bunk, then... You don't have to buy into our fading greatness, but, but I think it's kind of, I I think we really should pay attention to those things. And while the United States, we offer a lot of, uh, freedoms and opportunities that other nations don't have. What we don't offer is I think one of the core freedoms is the absolute best public education that a student can have at a, at a grand scale. And to me, I think that's a that's a fundamental freedom and part of the reason I'm so interested in education to begin with is because I think it has to do uh, to a great deal with the, the notion of personal freedom. Like liberty does not come from anything other than education and knowing knowing yourself and knowing the world and mm-hmm. things like that. So I really respect the idea of the Common Core trying to put citizens in the United States in the best possible position to succeed and to attain personal liberty, but I don't think we're actually attaining it. So I think the way the Common Core was implemented, all it did was make teachers teach to the lowest common denominator of a test because that's what their job depends on, and I don't, nobody would blame them. So I think that's the implementation has been complicated problematic. Yeah. at best. <laughs> You know, and I, and I just, I don't know how to, I, I think Race to the Top was a really interesting initiative because it tried to mitigate some of those troubling repercussions. It, it tried to reward teachers who did not really teach to the test, but who helped their students succeed the most. You know, it was, sure. it was a weird nebulous in-between thing that tried to help um, teachers who were innovative and creative in their classroom and and. AKA knew how to play the game. Yeah. Well, mm. a game. Mm. I think that game is more worth playing than 
the idea of like teaching. I mean, to it was some valuable things from being in a school that promoted project based learning and that kind of thing. Like I use a lot of project based learning PBL still. And PBL is one of my favorite things that I was able to get. And I think that's because that was a big push of Race to the Top. Mm-hmm. Um, What's project-based learning? Project-based learning is the idea that not everything has to end in a test, essentially. So that we can understand a student's learning based on a project or a product other than just model choice match. You know what I mean? Like they they can show their knowledge and their growth and their learning through something that isn't just a paper pencil test. Right. Right. So like my kids, one of my favorite PBLs I do is that at the end of the crucible, which is about the Salem witch trial, my students have to make a conflict chart that has at least a hundred bubbles and they have to include quotes and characters and all types of things. And so if students can create something as complex as a hundred bubbles worth of conflict charts about the Salem witch trials, they know their stuff. They've already found the textual support. They can already identify all of the problems in the Salem Witch Trial. PBL tells me that my students can show their learning without having to take some tests, but they can create some large, detailed, intricate, supportive poster board or app or however they want to show this conflict chart. And they know it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's great. I don't think everything should have to end in a test. Right, but the way the so the way Common Core effectiveness is measured, oh, yes. is in a test. No, I know, I but that was my claim for a race to the top. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I'm just connecting it. No, back. I know. I'm kind of trying to point out the the issue with this. Well, is that... I I guess I would say that recently I sat on a committee, um, in Ohio that helps to. I don't know if I can. I probably shouldn't get into like the specifics of what we do. But we help review test items, essentially, that mm-hmm. could or could not end up on an EOC and, of course, exam for the state of Ohio that helps dictate the points that a student earns to graduate. And so one of the things that we do, and this is based on Common Core Standards, is called, like, every question has a DOK, which is a difficulty of knowledge. So based on the difficulty of knowledge, the DOK number per item, that tells us what the grade scale should be. And what sort of learning they should show based on the difficulty of knowledge. Makes sense. So I think in the case of our Ohio test, and I don't feel incredibly supportive of this test as a whole. But after seeing that side of it, I feel like maybe that's the goal. And maybe we're not going about it in the Wait, worst wh- way. What is the goal? This this baseline data, right? Like if, or I'm sorry, not baseline data. This, how do they say it? The floor. So if the standard set a floor, not a ceiling... The difficulty of knowledge per tested item at one, which is the lowest it can be, is the floor, right? Whereas five or four DOK is a ceiling. But don't you think that this this causes a sort of undue focus on the floor rather than the ceiling? I just think it sets an expectation, a minimum. But 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 shouldn't we don't set we, that? Don't we need a minimum? Don't shouldn't, we need a goal? Shouldn't we shouldn't we be setting an expectation of the highest possible? <laughs> If you get to yeah, it, great. I'm, if you don't, that's what you can do, and congratulations. Yeah, but, but I, I mean, I think you still have to define them. Right, but we're being defined by the lowest common denominator, I think, with the Common Core. I mean, it's even in the name, just like, what, what is common to everyone mm-hmm. is going to be the path of least resistance. Mm-hmm. And some of our kids, that's where, that's where they are. Right, which is fine, but I think that we should not define what is being taught on a day-to-day level um, by the path of least resistance. But I don't, I don't think that teachers, like, I don't sit here and say, oh, well, that's all the, the band says, so I'm not going to do any more. Right. But I hope, like, when I'm planning, I say, okay, at least this. No. And then I go of, from of, there. Of course, teach, no, I, I, and again, this criticism is not of, of teachers. It's more of administrators and state you know, state over, what do you call these? Overlords. State overlords. <laughs> it's really a criticism more of administrators and state mm-hmm. overlords and mm-hmm. national overlords of education. <laughs> Let's keep calling them more, that. More essentially holding teachers accountable to what, just trying to, teachers are just trying to get by because their, their we are. jobs are in limbo by this thing that they have. You don't have any control over what a kid brings to the classroom. 
Well, no. And, but a com- but the common core says you have to make what they bring to the next classroom better than yeah. how they started when they came to your classroom. And I think that's a fundamental unfairness that essentially bakes into a teaching cycle, a, a sort of way of teaching to survive. And again, it's not teachers the teacher's fault. It feels like survival. It fe- but it feels like survival of the, you know, most basic fit. It does. I just, I think, I'm going to go on a limb here, but I am lucky to teach the kids that I am, that I teach, like my CP college prep kids. Um, they care about their grades. They want to do well. They have motivation to succeed because they have a goal for post high school. One of my coworkers who is probably the best teacher I've ever met in my entire life has kids that don't care to be there, that can't read, that cannot write. And so I don't think it's fair for her to be judged on the same standard that I am based on data of two very different sorts Mm -hmm. of students. But that's what the Common Core demands, right? It does. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're frustrated by that minimum, I think of her and I think she's really pushing it to get there. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. And so I guess if we're worried about our evaluations and our testing and all of these other things, she's putting in a lot of work to get to the floor. And I'm building an attic. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't think that's right either. This isn't me endorsing that sort of thing. But I think if we want to protect teachers, we have to acknowledge that many of them are not in a position like mine. Common Core gives the illusion that the floor for every student is the same and the ceiling for every student is the same. But it's absolutely not. I think the, the, I think the ceiling is not the same. No, but but I, but even when the I floor, think yes, I'm with no, you. No, I don't agree with that because I think that a kid who quote unquote doesn't want to be there or doesn't want to be learning or whatever, I, I think what's happening there really is that that kid hasn't found some kind of education that works for them, and that might be the case. But I, when I think of those kids, I think of the kids that I've seen at our gas station in town who are standing beside a car while their dad is being handcuffed and taken away by the cops. Teachers in their lives are doing different things than what I'm doing with my no, kids. Absolutely. But I'm, but I'm saying what I'm saying is that we, the common core is doing a disservice to those kids, but it's not because those kids don't want to learn anything. It's because they don't want to learn anything in an environment that is, essentially the same as the environment that oppresses them in their day-to-day existence. So, so like, those kids require a different kind of standard of normal. So, so a, common, a common core says, no, everybody should have the same baseline. Those kids obviously shouldn't have the same baseline. So a common core is never going to do them a service. Because they don't, from the outside looking in, it seems like they don't appreciate education. But what they don't appreciate is the same kind of mode of existence that makes it difficult for them to get by in the day-to-day already. they don't. I don't know. Some of our kids, the only place they are warm and have running water and get food is at school. Those are not those, I don't know. I don't, that's a tough one. No, but I think, I think that the, Again, but I don't think you can sit here and say that they. I don't think every kid wants to learn. To me, I just think it's kind of basic principle of humanity that people do, in fact, want to learn, but they don't necessarily want to learn like public school tells them they have to learn. Kids, kids who struggle struggle with traditional classroom instruction. To teachers, it seems like they don't want to learn, but I don't, I just don't, I don't think they don't want to learn. I think they want to learn in a way that is in their language, as it were. I don't even look at them and think they don't want to learn. I just think that if, like, if we want to bring up Maslow's, if you're not fulfilled, you can't. No, because And a lot of these kids can't because they come to school 
I mean... But that's my I, point. It's, it's not a question of whether or not they want to learn. It's a question of whether or not their needs are being met. And the, the Common Core absolutely does not care. It's completely agnostic to the needs of students approaching it. So what do we feel? Common Core? I'm just mad. Good Honestly, or bad? Oh, you're just more mad? Wine. You want more wine? And I think that... Do you want less Common Core? I want... No. I just... I want the understanding to be that a lot of kids want to learn... But are in a position to. Yeah. We've had students who turned 18, juniors and seniors, whatever, brought them our way at this point. <laughs> that is, they're on a list. And it's a list that the teachers who have them know about. And it's a list that once they turn 18 and they can drop out. And that every day that we see them, we tell them how happy we are to see them. And that we're so glad they're there. And for a lot of kids, that works. I've seen us... Some of my coworkers and I, some kids that we really pushed to get through who didn't have a lot going for them except for maybe us. And we would just like, I mean, it was so exciting to see them show up. One day a week, we couldn't believe she was there. This one girl I'm thinking about, she's one of my favorites. I used to watch her smoke at the bus stop all the time. But she turned 18 and we were all like, we're never going to see her. That's it. She's done. But she made it. I don't know everything about her story, but I know that maybe... The few of us that were stoked to see her were probably the only positive thing she saw. And I don't know if it's bad for us to say the goal was to get her here, and we did. She's not everyone, but I think kids in some positions, they might want to learn, but they're not in a position to learn. And I always see this thing come up on Facebook that's like, if a kid's loved at home, they come to school to learn. But if they're not loved, they come to school to be loved. And so I think that's not something the Common Core can measure. But I think if what we care about is getting them through, then maybe having a ceiling is not attainable for a lot of them, but a floor is reasonable. Mm -hmm. I don't want us to only get our kids here. And I don't think teachers only get them here and consider it a job well done. I know with her and some others that are like her, the kids that we're excited to see on their birthdays and after they've turned 18, maybe the minimum isn't the worst place. Because at least we've been stable and she's been there and she's been accounted for and she's not on the street and she's not in a lot of places she could be. And not every kid has that. I mean, most of our kids aren't those stories. Most of our kids want to be there, especially in my district. You know, I got smart kids. I have determined kids. And not that she wasn't determined, but her survival looked different. Different kind of determination. Than a lot of other kids. Sure. You know, I think... I don't hate the idea that we hope everyone gets to at least here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's a bad thing, so to yeah. speak. No, I think that's a that's a positive outlook on a on a common core. I mean, I'm not here to like wave its flag and take it to Pearson and be like you're the best thing ever. But when I think of kids like that, her getting there was a big accomplishment, not only for her but for all of us mm -hmm. and for all of her teachers. Mm -hmm who saw her and were happy to see her. Mm -hmm. And I don't hate that. So do you hate the Common Core? Where are you? I'm completely ambivalent about the Common Core. I think I'm back to not being angry. I, my instinct is to not like it, but you make it really difficult to feel feelings of well, negativity sometimes. No, so I congratulations. don't even, No, I'm, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Common Core hit me up at, oh no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. No, I don't, I don't know. I just, I think of her and I think of other kids that I've seen drop out that I wish wouldn't have. And I don't, man, it's hard. Mm -hmm. There's no one way. Mm -hmm. But, I understand what you mean about we shouldn't want kids to only have this, as this analogy says, the floor. But I think if we want the American education system to have a chance, I think don't we have to set a minimum expectation? Isn't that the question? I don't know. I do not know the answer to I that. I mean, but isn't that the question that, that we're is, getting at? That is the question. Like, don't we say at least our graduates do these things? I think we need to do at least 50 more podcast episodes before we approach the correct answer to that question. I don't, I don't even... 
I mean, I think I know the answer because the Gewürztraminer tells me, but I don't think the I know wine. the answer. The wine is telling you the right answer. <laughs> no, I just mean, though, like, you were talking earlier about the European education system, and we always hear, like, oh, the Europeans, like, you know, generally speaking across the board, their education system is incredible. Good for them. They also pay their teachers. Good for them. Mm-hmm. But shouldn't we at least say all of our kids can do this? I don't know. Maybe not. The thing, the difficulty there to me is... I think that's what it's getting at. But I don't think all of our kids are the same. I don't think, I don't think all of our kids should be able to do this. Even if this, no, no, no. Even if, (laughs) even if this is a minimum, I don't think it's fair to every kid who goes through the public education system to, to require them to do this. I don't think that brains and minds are are standardized in that way. So I don't necessarily think that it makes sense to say all of our kids can do this because all of our kids are different and talented in their own ways and directions. Which also fulfills these standards. But why do we want all of our students to be able to do exactly the same thing? I don't think this... I don't take it that way at all. But that's what the I don't, common core is I, established no, to do. I don't, I don't think it's saying we're going to churn out a million little robots who only do these things. No, but... I but think it's saying we're going to churn out a million little robots who do at least these things. They're not even yeah, robots because they all have these. That's problematic to me. I don't want to churn out a million little anything who do the same anything. Th- th- they all do it differently. No, they don't. Oh. Uh, but I mean, come into my classroom. Watch how my kids find an answer to something. They don't. None of them get to it the no, same way. Say, but they not, might have the same answer, but they didn't get it the same but way. But that's not what the the test does. Not boil it down to how they got it. It boils it down to whether or not they got it. That's really the issue with the Common Core. Again, it's not the theory. It, it's the practice of the Common Core that, to me, is problematic. Is just like it. It the Common Core. If you have a multiple choice question on the common an, an A Common Core inspired test, a student who answers A and another student who answers A, if it's the same an, if it's the correct answer and the same answer, and one student got to it one way and another student got to it another way, the test doesn't care about that. And so the implementation of Common Core, even if the ideal of Common Core is the same, it doesn't. But isn't that what we want? Don't we no. want them to think on their own to get there? Yeah, we to do, get but, to the but we don't want to evaluate them on just their answer, which is exactly what okay. happens. How do they graduate? What do we do instead? I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't That's have an answer to that. But I, I do think that it's wrong to evaluate them on just getting the correct answer. And I mean, I mean, there are other like other DOK sorts of questions require multiple choice, select all that apply, writing based. I mean, that, I think it tries. To give kids an opportunity to show that their brain might work a little bit differently. But I, but I think even the same, I, I think the very fundamental principle of everyone should be able to do this is, is possibly flawed. And again, this goes against my deepest like feelings about everyone having a kind of baseline liberal arts education, which is also another competing part of my brain that is at odds with this one. But, but I, I'm trying to weigh the importance of individuality against a broad um, and expansive kind of education for all. I just think about society, and I think, you know what, I would like for members of my society, voting members in my communities, constituents, whatever, you know what, maybe it would be nice if they could (laughs) identify identify these types of things. Mm I don't. That's that's no. That's exactly the kind of Common Core that I could get on board with. <laughs> this kind of shared civic knowledge that we need to exist. Th- these things seem necessary for us to have a harmonious coexistence. Absolutely. So you basically want a Common Core that doesn't have a standard, like a set, whatever. I think what I want is a Common Core that doesn't have a standardized test along with it. What'd you learn this week? Yeah, I think we need to get on to that. I learned this week about the... Ex- so so we're kind of uh, video game nerds, to say it in a, in a conservative way. We are we are nerdy about certain video games. I really like <laughs> no names. We, we have several gaming consoles, and we I grew up playing computer PC, games on, video games on a PC. 
So we're kind of big nerds about this. So I, I've just learned in the last couple of days about this thing called Untitled Goose Game. But we haven't played it. We haven't and played it. No, no, no. It. We, we haven't played it, but I've learned about it. It's available on the Switch, which I have. So I think we can play this thing. It, you play as a random <laughs> goose, goose <laughs> on, I think, a farm. This is what I've been trying to figure well, out. But can I just say, though, that our, our one true saint, Chrissy Teigen, tweeted about it. Okay. And that that's all it takes for me to care. Okay. Disagree? That's all it requires for some. Do you have higher expectations? I just... I just she's, not a, she's not a floor, you, honey. You, she's no, a ceiling. You, you, play as a, <laughs> you play as a goose aiming for the ceiling. You're a goose who's kind of making general mischief on a farm is what I have gathered from what I have read so far about this thing what did you learn about this week i really wish i had something better well my public speaking kids told some really good jokes okay what do you call a cow with no legs any guesses wait a cow (laughs) i can't i can't i can't even what what do you call a cow with no legs i don't know ground beef Oh no. Oh yes. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, do you want one more? Please. <laughs> this one isn't as good. Oh, it's okay. I want to hear it anyway. What do you call a guy with no nose? Nobody knows. Yeah. <gasps> ah! Right. You have to cut this one out. It's not as funny <laughs> if you know it. Ah! Hold on. There's another good one I okay. like okay. the ground beef was one of my other ones. Um, why did the golfer pack two pairs of pants? I don't, I don't know. He got a hole in one. Oh, no! And those jokes are brought to you by my public speaking class. Six periods. Congratulations, public speaking graders. You're going to be famous. Have you seen applesauce people? I actually don't know. I didn't Google him. <laughs> I want him to be the applesauce the guy. The applesauce people. Is he? 